Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Yins know the drill. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. What you should know by now, knuckleheads, is that if you want to chime in anytime over the next 120 minutes, you can find us on the .com. I'm talking... The Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And Arthur Motes, you know, they they made us wait in Steelers Nation. They did. They made us wait. You know, uh, the Chiefs and the Texans, they got to play on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost everybody else. You know, they made the Titans and the Broncos and, it's, and it's the Giants long, wait long too. Time. It's been a long time. They made us wait an extra day until Monday till we finally saw our Steelers play. They made us wait a couple extra days till the Wednesday till we could get back on the microphone. So Arthur Motes, I had to wait to watch the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I had to wait to do this. Uh-huh. We had to, oh, no, 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 don't do it just yet. Because we had to wait okay. even longer. Think about it. When's the last time we had a win last year? Arizona? Cool. <sighs> That was what mid December. I was gonna say it had. To, I was thinking early December. Early, early yeah, December. Early, early December. December. Well, actually, it was early December because we had three games after that. Right. Early December. January, it's been a long February, time March, since we had a April, chance to say this, man. June, July, August. It's been a long time. It's been almost nine months. Are you ready for this? Don't you don't mess it up now. Are you ready? All right. All three. All three. All three. One, One, two, three. Victory! Let's go! God, it feels good to say that, man. It feels good, Arthur oh, Motes. We man. had to wait until Monday to see our team play. We had to wait until Wednesday to let the victory out. Oh, man, that felt so good. But 26-16, to 16, the Steelers on the board with a W. And you know what, Motsi? There was a lot of good. There was some, you know, there was some rust. There was some, some frustration, some things that we'll get into. But I'll tell you this much. This is my third year now back in Pittsburgh. Okay, mm-hmm. this is my third year, you know, rocking the mic here on SNR, third year being a part of the Steelers broadcast on DVE. And I was starting to think that I was a little bit of an issue here uh, because two years ago, week one, the Browns tie game. Mm-hmm. Last year, week one, the Patriots. That's a, 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 a pretty Come lopsided on, loss chilla, up there chilla. in Foxborough. <laughs> Come on, man. We ain't bringing up the negative, man. I needed Arthur Motes. I needed the Steelers to start out a season 1-0 like it seems like they have done for so long until maybe I came back to Pittsburgh. Motesy, 26-16, it wasn't always perfect, but I think it was never really in doubt after, uh, after the second quarter. A 10-point victory for the Steelers to get things going on Monday night up at MetLife. Absolutely, man. It was just fun to see, man. <clears throat> it had every storyline that we wanted. Um, obviously, it was a lot surrounding Ben Roethlisberger and his elbow. Ultimately, man, he was able to knock off that rust a lot sooner than later. I was very impressed by that. And I was very impressed by the toughness that he showed. He was under duress a lot. Got hit a lot. Got sacked. But he kept showing his toughness. Even gave us vintage Ben where he you know, shows a little bit of, All right, I might be hurt. I might be a little achy. But I'm good, though. 
You know what I mean? And, and for me, man, I love that, man. And we got Vintage Ben, obviously, on that two-minute drill. It was just fun, man. And then, you know, for me, my defense. <laughs> you know, everything I needed, man. I had some Bud Dupree. I asked TJ why I had a big man pick. I was, I was in heaven. I was in heaven, man. So, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game, man, on Monday night. No, without a doubt. And that defense right away, I think, showed – the hype, the expectations that we all have for them this season. I mean, they come out, right? Uh, first drive, I think the Giants did get a first down before mm-hmm. they punted. So yes. it wasn't a three and out. But, you know, the Giants don't go very far. They punt. Oh, no, the muff by Deontay Johnson. All of a sudden, New York's in business at, what, the two or three yard line. Yes. The Giants score there. And I still think the Steelers end up winning the game. But, it's but it probably, does make it a lot tougher. It's probably a little bit closer down the stretch. It makes it tougher Motes, I think the defense there right away with you know with forcing the punt after what was I think five or six plays, um, and then being able to you know bend but not break there at the goal line and, and force the Giants to a field goal right away. It was like oh, here we go again with the defense. You know what I mean? Doing what they got to do, keeping the score close. Um, that to me, it, it looked like they just kind of picked off picked up where they left off last season. Now, again, there was some rust at certain points. There was a a, a coverage breakdown that I'm sure Mm -hmm. we'll talk about. Things like that, that when you don't have preseason, when you have the lack of offseason, I think that was to be expected week one. But so was the quarterback pressure. So was the turnovers, particularly, again, in opportune moments. A lot of that stuff that led to them having success, Motsi, was was still there on Monday night. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. The thing that... um... I always find impressive with defenses that have come, that are coming off of success, and not just defenses, but units in particular that hmm. have had a lot of success the year prior. Sometimes you get the hangover where you think because of my name, because of reputation, it's just going to happen. Teams are going to be scared. That wasn't the case with the Giants, man. We knew that they were going to try to establish something and attack, obviously, with Jason Garrett's success that he had in Dallas. But the thing that I, I, I enjoyed about this Steelers defense is from start to finish, they played as if they were trying to send a message. They were playing as if yep. they were trying to prove, once again, how good they are. That front seven man was attacking like crazy. We saw the job they did against Saquon Barkley, man. <laughs> then also, ben man, had more rush yards yeah. than Saquon Barkley. And then for me, man, looking at Devin Bush, man, he stepped up in a major way, not only in the run game, but in the passing game. And the thing that I thoroughly enjoyed was just seeing how comfortable he looked, whether it was zone or man coverage, him flying around. And his open field tackling was very, very nice, yes, man. We, we could point to multiple opportunities that he had where he was finishing those plays. I thought that was very good. Then another thing, man, the, the two other things that I really enjoyed. Number one, how they handled the the quick turnarounds in terms of the 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 muff punt. Obviously, you're getting yes. the ball on the, what, two, three-yard three line, line? Man, that's tough, but they handled that masterfully. And then how they responded to adversity. In terms of, we saw the the touchdown pass, and we'll definitely get into that with Darius Slayton, the first one, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that. And it could have been easy for them to say, well, man, we, we gave up this touchdown to a team that we didn't think could score on us, especially passing the ball. If it would have been Saquon, is different, but when you look at how that pass was thrown, you're like, dude, that could have been something that could have ultimately, you know, lingered on for the rest of Absolutely. the game. Absolutely. But for them, man, you think about how they responded the, the literally the next drive and the drive after that and the drive after that. And then also you had the 19-play drive that with everything going on, all the people that had to be used on that drive, they still find a way to not only keep them off the board, but to turn to get a turnover on top of that. Man, for yeah. me, that was just beautiful defense, man, as a whole. 
everybody they got used. I mean, we talk about the starters, but I, I was I was impressed by the depth players, man. Yep. Ola Daney came in and made big time yeah. plays. Tackle Alex for Highsmith. loss. Alex Highsmith, absolutely. Robert Spillane has some big plays. Isaiah Bugs. I mean, we can go down the list. Um, Chris Wormley. All those, yeah. all those A lot of guys. guys got some snaps. Yeah, which is which you expect because early in the season. Mm-hmm. But you never know what to expect right. from those guys. You know to expect it. Right. You just don't know what to expect. Yeah, you know they're going to get opportunities just because of the conditioning element of it. But you don't know what is it going to look like. And all those guys, they got their number called on defense, man, stepped up in a major way. And I was very impressed by that, especially in game one, because that is not easy to do. No, it's a it's a great call by you. It was a – everyone kind of put their hand in the pile. The, the whole cast contributed – uh, Monday night on the defense, uh, on the offense as well too. We got to get to them and discuss some some unfortunate injuries. But uh, sticking with Arthur Motes' side of the football here, as we it is as we start the program. Uh, <laughs> Let's do be, it, man! Don't should, don't stand on pleasantries here. I, should I? I wanted to make sure I worded this correctly. All right. Because, you know, these are National Football League players, all right? Uh-huh. They're, they're certainly a lot better athletes than I've ever been or will ever be. They can certainly oh, kick man. my butt. Here you go. And they're Here certainly playing at the NFL for, for a reason. But okay. Arthur Motes, should I be uh, more excited about the Steelers' front seven after what we saw Monday night or grain of salt because, man, that Giants offensive line looked looked really lost? Well, this is the thing, man. Going into the game, when we talked about our matchups, right, the five-star matches, we talked about how – the D-line in particular, Bud and TJ should dominate their matchups. And the reason why we said that is because the Giants, we know, okay, Andrew Thomas, fourth-round pick, but that was going to be his first NFL action. Ever. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Look at Isaiah Simmons. We, we, we Top pick, and we saw how that looked. Mm-hmm. It's tough playing in this league, man. So when, when I thought of Andrew Thomas against Bud Dupree, I said that could be something that could be very difficult for him. Then I said Cameron Fleming. He's a guy that <clears> – <throat> It's really been a journeyman. Two years in New yep. England, two years in Dallas. Now he's in New York. So he really hasn't established himself. And I said versus a veteran like T.J. Watt, that could present very some some real challenges. And I thought the interior of their line outside of Zyla, I didn't think that they had the personnel to match up. And we saw, look at Tyson Aluwalu. He dominated that matchup as a nose tackle. Yes, he did. Tackles for loss. Every time he was on the field, he was flying around. Then you look at the edge, guys. Like I said, man, Bud – when they didn't, when they did block Bud, Bud was still making plays. But when they didn't, which I thought was just idiotic, he flashed. But then, when you just look at how they controlled that line of scrimmage, every time Saquon got the ball when it was a running play, Dude. the the old line was two and three yards in the backfield. They could have had prime Walter Payton back yeah, there. Yeah, it, it, it does not matter, and that's why for me, I, I looked at that as I expected that. You know what I mean? So. I'm not going to say that I'm overly excited because of that. I just felt like they did exactly what we thought they would do, and that lets us know they're as good as advertised. They are who we think they are. If the if the, the Steelers' D-line would have went out there and it would have been you know equal or they would have been losing that, that front seven matchup, then we would have concerns. But I didn't think that this was going to be a game that would make us say, oh, yeah, I love this defense even more. Right. It was just they confirmed what we already knew from a year ago, which you want because you never know. Like you said, every year we talk about how teams could look good one year, bring back the same personnel, and then they take a drop-off. It was good to see that this defense in particular did not do that, especially that front seven, man. I thought they yes. flew around the whole game, arrived with bad intentions. I mean, how many times did and we see – it didn't see, matter who was out there. And this is the thing. I can't even tell you how many times we saw just one person to the ball. It was two – Three, four, five guys flying around every time. And that's the sign of a good defense. 
teams, the defenses that continually have multiple guys in the screen making tackles are the teams that are usually the best when it comes to defense because a defense that plays and flies around together, that's just how you can can account and um and you can make up for it if a guy misses an assignment or if a guy misses a tackle. It's okay if you shake the first guy when I got three other of my brothers coming to finish you off. That's ultimately how it has to be every week, and that's what you love to see, man. Without a doubt. I love to see it. I know Steeler Nation love to see it. Arthur Motes always loves to talk about the defense. That's where we had it. to start today. But maybe we buried the lead a little bit here, Arthur Motes. Maybe we did, but maybe we didn't. Because, I mean, come on, we know what Monday night was really about. What was it about? The return of the match. Hey! The yes, return sir. of uh, number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. And I want to take a break here before we discuss Big Ben because I don't want to rush through conversing about the return. The mini panic attack that we all had when he was on the sideline with the sleeve and it looked like Mason no, no, no. warming up. What well, got me was when, when he got up and he started touching his knee. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey, hey now, yeah. hey. Hey, you need my knee? Mine's good. It ain't been used about two years now. We good. <laughs> couple, uh, couple panic attacks, couple heart attacks from number seven. Oh man, but a lot to like from what we uh, what we saw in Big Ben's first action back, first real football in 364 days. We will discuss number seven, what that means, the outlook, the rest of the season, the optimism there, all of that as we continue here in the first hour. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. One in the play clock, Roethlisberger back. Here come the Giants. Roethlisberger floats for Juju Smith-Schuster. Touchdown, Steelers. A touch pass and a beauty by Roethlisberger. And Juju Smith-Schuster has the touchdown for the Steelers. The return of the Ben, the return of the Juju, all happening right before our eyes. Monday night, Arthur Motes. That was the first touchdown pass of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First touchdown pass for Ben back in the fold. And I tell you what, we are rightfully so. We, we've got a lot to get into. You know, we got to discuss the offensive line and some of the injuries there. You know, we're going to talk about Chase Claypool. We, we've still got a lot to hit on today when we get into the minutiae of Monday night, and that's what we do, and all those things matter, obviously, duh. But Motsi, maybe the thing that, not maybe, I think we can all agree, the thing that does matter most, right, all of those kind of pale, how good's the defense, what's the pass rush going to look like, uh, what about the offensive line, what about the run game, we'll talk about Benny Snell, but I think all those concerns just didn't compare, didn't add up to the biggest one, which was obviously the health of the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, and, hey, it looked a little rusty at times, as I think we could all expect, again, particularly with no preseason, particularly coming off of an injury. But I tell you what, if that's the starting point for Ben, whew, that's uh, maybe the, uh, you know, the, the biggest off-season question mark. Uh, you're not as concerned about that anymore. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Um, I thought for the majority of the night, he looked good. I was impressed by his decision-making. You know, we talk about how in the past – a lot of times he'll get a little too gunslingerish and try to do a little bit more than he probably should or throwing it into 
double coverage and forcing to certain receivers, but we didn't see that at all on a Monday night. I thought he was really smart with his throws. He took the chance he was supposed yeah. to take. I thought, I mean, outside of a couple of miscues from a screen standpoint, the timing of it, obviously the throw across the middle to Ebron late in the uh, in the game. Other than those plays, I thought he was pretty clean the whole night. And like I said, he did it. It would have been easier for him to do it if he was, you know, clean pocket. And I probably wouldn't have been as impressed. But because he was having to do it under duress, he was taking some shots. It was more vintage. Ben, it gave us that old feeling that we missed. It did. And, and that was the thing that I loved. But his touch, man, you look at his touch on the, the Chase Claypool pass to the oh. sideline. Shout out to the rookie, too, getting his foot, uh, his feet in bounds. That was impressive. Like, that throw right there, I, I really enjoy, especially with it being third and nine. You taking a, a, a downfield shot like that reminded me of the Todd Haley era where we're talking <laughs> about we don't I mean we play beyond the sticks we're not going to live in our fears and yep. things like that yep. I mean just seeing all those things man really made me feel good about Ben going forward and like I said I understand when we're talking about this matchup yes we we, we felt that the passing attack and the receivers should dominate and they did once they got going but it's always good to get that confirmation man to just visually see it and shout out to him turning back the clock too in terms of Big Ben showing off them wheels How baby. about that? I see you I see you 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 little you know spring chicken you yeah. I'm looking at the uh, the stat sheet here right the, the box score if you will mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger 9 rush yards uh, longest run of 11 yards now obviously because he gets the yards deducted for sacks as yeah. well too Saquon Barkley, six rush yards, a long of seven. So Ben had a longer run than Saquon. He had more yards than Saquon. And obviously, as we discussed, that's more on the Giants' offensive line and the Steelers' front than it is on Saquon. But Ben was not gun-shy out there, Motsi. I think that's what I took from it. Uh, He talked a lot about, and I don't think he was lying or anything. I'm sure he was honest, how he was going to be nervous, how he was nervous leading up to the game, how he thought, you know, I'll be nervous when we run out there when it's it's time to go under center for the first time. Like I said, I believe him and all that. I, I don't think he was lying about that. But man, he didn't really show it. And if that's if that's Ben, you know, getting his feet back under him, and if that's Ben shaking off the rust and and you know shaking off some of those butterflies, whew, watch out this Sunday. No question, man. No question. And yes, he definitely had the butterflies and the nerves. But man, ultimately, you saw how he was able to respond, man. And, and I thought too, man. Some of those shots that he took probably helped get those jitters yeah, out of him, man. True. It's something I don't know what it is, why that makes sense, because. When you think about it, just in normal, uh, you know, person to person, like, don't hit me if I'm nervous. Like, let me <laughs> let me chill here. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I'm sure you probably like you you have that experience too. Yeah, I, it's, it's just something about it, man. It just really relaxes you, man. Once you're able to get that hit, you're like, all right, we're back playing football. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It just sends a, a signal to your brain, and from there, you're able to go. But I just thought, man, as a whole, man, Ben looked good. He yeah. just looked really good. He was clean. I mean. Let's be real. When when did we – I thought maybe it was two throws that, that stood out to me where I said, okay, that could have been a turnover, but ultimately it didn't. The one was the uh, where he's getting – he's about to get sacked and yep. he flips it to, uh, to James. Yeah. It was like his first play – first pass of the dangerous. game. A little dangerous. A little dangerous. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of it. And then he had another throw to James Conner on the left sideline, man. He thought it was going to be a cover, uh, a cover one. They end up being a cover two, so he throws right into a squat corner who, I mean, luckily the dude hit James higher – but it could have got bad or it could have been a pick, man, if the corner reads it a little bit faster. But outside of those two plays, man, I thought that Ben really did a good job, man, and that's what we want to see from him. The biggest thing when we're talking about Ben's greatness is never 
can he light it up, throwing the ball, scoring the touchdowns, right. and all that stuff. It's more so can we cut down the turnovers. I mean, we know that he's a guy who, who has historically had a high amount of interceptions per year. If he can cut that back, though, Whew. man, the, oh, man, I, I just feel like the scout would truly be the limit for this offense. But we're not crowning him after just one game <laughs> because, for a fact, we know, like I said, man, it was times with this giant secondary who we said was bad. But they weren't even – it wasn't even as if their starters were out there the whole time. They rotated their corners on top of that. So there were a lot of variables that played into the performance, not only from Ben and the receivers as well. But, like I said, he still did his job. Man, you can't control who's out there. You do your job, and that's all that matters. So I love it, man. I'm excited to see what he looks like come next week, man, because uh, Denver Whew. might be a little bit different little defense bit, than the little, Giants. A little, 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 little bit different. A little bit better. A couple, couple better pass rushers. Yeah. Again, the, the Giants got some dudes on defense, to, oh, no, no, to, no, to be no. fair to them, for they, sure. They, they definitely do, man. They definitely do. But we're talking about strengths versus weaknesses. That's, yes. That was more yes. so what I was getting at. Like The, the Broncos secondary right now is definitely one of their stronger units on that defense, 100%. man. It's obviously with the loss of Von Miller, and we'll get into that later in the week, but definitely something we'll yeah. be able to evaluate we'll to a little bit better. We'll start to the page to the yes. Broncos tomorrow. Um, as we all, you know, kind of Wednesday is kind of our last recap and, and start to look ahead a little bit day, and then Thursday is when just, we fully turn that right. page. It's just weird because it was a Monday night game. Right, usually we, this week. Usually we're already giving you Monday content. We've so already done this. start to yes. turn the page day, but we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. We're, uh, we're making it work over here, man. We will have the return of Professor Motes Monday on a Wednesday uh, in about a half an hour here. Motesy will put on that cap. He'll talk about some of those strengths and weaknesses that went the Steelers way on Monday night at MetLife. Um, I wanted to ask, so you talk about Ben and, and wanting to get hit in the, the weird way how sometimes that that's actually a good thing. I know you got to have a story because I have one. Uh-oh. When I was in ninth grade, I got called up to play my first varsity hockey game. Mm, okay. Okay. Ninth <clears throat> grader, called up to the varsity team, and we were playing like South Park, I think. Okay. okay so I'm playing, you know, I'm playing for anybody yeah. in Western Pennsylvania. I'm playing for Mars High School, you know, here here in Western Pennsylvania. We're playing South Park uh, High School, I'm pretty sure. And so think about this, Moats. I'm in ninth grade. I don't think I had turned 15 yet. This was right okay. before my 15th birthday. So I'm still 14 years old. And I'm playing in this game against like primarily 17, 18 year olds. You oh, know? yeah. So I'm a little nervous. You know, we're out there in warm ups. Obviously, I'm just nervous because I want to make a good impression. It's my first right. time playing varsity. I'm the young guy. I want to keep getting called up throughout the season. I don't want this to, you know, I get called up once, I blow it, and then I got to yeah. wait till next year to get another shot. Um, and South Park was a physical team, and they had some big dudes on their team. Uh, we get through warm ups. I'm so nervous. You know, I'm jittery. I'm like, my legs are doing the little, the little shake on the bench. My second shift, the I get little my shake. I get my second <laughs> shift, Arthur Motes. Right, and I'm, you know, I'm all. That's just my my thing. Just just high energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Maximum effort. I don't know how much I'm gonna play, but just just go go full tilt for 45 seconds when you're out there and get back to the bench. You know? mm-hmm. And so we're in our own end. I end up getting the puck. I come around the back of the net, right, and I play a breakout pass to one of our wingers okay. up on the boards yeah. to get out of our own zone. Mm-hmm. And when I came around the net and I made the pass, I missed one of their guys coming. Because, you know, because I'm coming around the net and I'm oh, like, no. head up. I'm looking for the pass, oh, right? No. And I just want to be clear, I did make the pass. But right after I made the pass, I got 
blasted by this huge <laughs> kid on the other team. And yeah. not only did he crank me, Moats, blindside, but then I went into the boards as well, right? Oh, so you got that you double got the hit. Double, yeah. You get hit, and then you hit the boards Along as well, Along with too. the whiplash of it, right, yeah. Right, And I, you know, I, right away, obviously, you, in those situations, you got to jump up and you got to get back to the bench, right? Like, I get back to the bench, and I'm like, I'm a little short of breath, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right. feet mm. still work, head still works. I'm all alive, right, I'm, I'm alive, alive. I'm, I'm alive, good. I'm good. I'm not bleeding, I'm not paralyzed, yeah. I'm not dead. All right, let's go. And then from there on, I was good to go, you know? So oh, no I, question, I can man. definitely see that with Big Ben. No, that's funny. You talk about those type of stories, man. And I always feel like it happens when you're young. For me, yeah. I, I, I literally can remember my incident that happened to me in high school. I remember my incident that happened to me in college as a freshman. I remember my incident that happened to me as a rookie in the NFL. Like, <laughs> at each level distinctly, like, oh, yeah, blasted here. Oh, yeah, that sucked. Since it's an NFL show, I'll give you my NFL okay. story, all right? So, this is my rookie year. We're playing the Miami Dolphins second time around now. I'm the starter now. You know what I mean? I'm feeling kind of good. I'm coming. I literally have this going into this Dolphins game. I've put together two games in a row where I've had a sack. And we're like, okay, man, we're getting, you know what I mean? We're starting to put some buzz, getting some wins and stuff. And we're playing against the Miami Dolphins at the time. They have Jake Long, prime Jake Long, too, pre-injury Jake okay. Long. So anybody knows that knows what I'm talking about. And he has a left guard by the name of Richie Incognito. So we're going into this game. I'm doing my thing, man. I know this is going to be a big matchup for me, man. So I've been hype about it. But, of course, you're still nervous because you're like, man, this is Jake Long. At the time, they were talking about Jake Long in the same vein of Jake Thomas. Was he the uh, number, and, and, number two overall pick in yeah, this yeah, draft yeah, year, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So so we're like, man, okay, this could this could be a little crazy here, yeah. man. So you're getting a little antsy about it, a little jittery. And, man, I remember we're going in, and it was probably my – it was definitely first quarter when this happens. Getting my rush. I'm having a good rush on top of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm on top of a I'm, – I'm coming around the edge. And I'm like, man, okay, I feel like he's about to run me by the quarterback. So mm-hmm. I spin back. Now, whole time in the meeting, <laughs> they say, yo, Moats, I know you want to spin. Don't spin against Jake Long because Incognito sits heavy and he's always waiting on the spin move to, to clean it up for him. In the meeting, you're like, yeah, I got you. Even make a note of it. I even highlighted it because I like to be organized, right? So I highlights it and everything. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. I got this. Literally, like I said, my first rush in the game. Totally goes out the window. I'm like, yo, I'm beating him around the edge. I'm like, yo, this Jake Long, I got this. I'm money. I said, oh, I got him set up. I feel him like he's about to push me by. I'm setting him up for the spin. I go to spin, and good old Richie Incognito is sitting there, catches me mid-spin, blasts me, helmet comes off. I I, I wear like a stocking cap under my helmet to keep my hair good. The stocking cap comes off, man. I'm over here like, bruh, what just hit me, man? (laughs) I was so – and this is the thing, bro. It was such a mix of being like hurt slash shocked slash pissed because I'm like, bro, I should not have got hit that hard. What just happened? Man, I came to the sideline. My guy's like, yo, you good, man? I saw you out there looking for something on the ground. I said, man, I don't know if I was looking for my soul or looking for my helmet or looking for my scully. Like, I I was just out here, bro. (laughs) Man, and then then we, we obviously end up winning the game. I actually end up finishing it and playing a really good game after that. But because of the hit, it really, like, made me be more aware and, like, calm me down. Now I'm, like, on high alert the rest of the game. But I remember going to the film the next day on Monday. (laughs) And, man, we get to watching the film, and they show the play. And and literally, Coach pauses right before the the play happens. He's like, Moats. Well, actually, call me Moats. That's what they call me. I was like, yo, Moats, 
What did we talk about when we were attacking Jake Long, man? What type of rush you want to use? I was like, well, you know, you want to do some speed rush. If you're going to go inside, you don't want to spin. You just want to just jab, step, and then go. He's like, all right, so you say you say you don't want to do what now? So you don't want to spin, coach. Plays the play. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-spin, you see me get blasted. He's like, guys, this is why you're supposed to listen when coach talks to take notes and execute it on game day so this doesn't happen to you. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't say anything else. I'm like, you're right, because he, he could have killed me, man. I felt like I died for a split second, and then I came back to life when I got to the sideline. I still don't know what my skull cap is to this day. It, it's somewhere in Miami. Somewhere. I don't I, I don't know where. Somewhere on South Beach. Yeah. It's been washed up on the shores of Miami. I mean, you now. literally see it fly off mid-hit. You see a helmet go one way, scully fly up in the air. Yeah, it, it just uh, is what it is, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, so I could totally see that from Ben Roethlisberger's standpoint. He, you know, he got pressured. He got hit a few times. Even at one point, got up and grabbed that knee. And I know mm-hmm. we all had a heart attack there. Uh, but all good for Ben Roethlisberger on Monday night. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions, almost 230 yards, 229 yards passing. We will take that as we go forward. When we go forward, when we come back here, uh, got to talk about the offensive line. Some unfortunate injuries there already. And sticking with the offense, how about a little credit to Benny Snell? and to chase Claypool. We'll discuss mm-hmm. that on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Euler and Motes wrapping up the first hour of the show here on a Wednesday. We have, uh, we have gotten into a bunch of reaction from Monday night, but still some things we've got to touch on. Uh, Motsi, you talked about Chase Claypool there uh, momentarily and his adjustments on that catch. Hey, he, he, you know, he was asked to, to do a little bit on Monday night. Not too much. He was asked to do a little bit. He had, did very well. The Steelers asked him to do, obviously, that catch. I mean, that's, what, the Steelers' biggest play of the day. He's able to get the two feet in. I don't know about you. When I first saw that, right, I thought, like, in real time when I'm watching it, I thought, mm. oh, that's a great adjustment by Chase, but there's no way he got it. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. that's, that's great work by him, but there's no way. And then you see the first replay, and you're like, oh, wow, he got in there. Great stuff from Chase Claypool. And then the run at the end of the game to kind of, you know, and not that we were really worried, and the Steelers are up two scores, and it's the end of the game. But, you know, that last run that gets the final first down that really puts the nail in the coffin for the Steelers. We talked about how, you know, you're going to have to give Chase Claypool some time. No preseason, a crazy offseason. It's going to be hard for all the rookies across the National Football League. But for game one, Arthur Motes, a good start for the for the young uh, the young Canadian wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I was very impressed by him. In fact, I think that, you know, based off of what we saw from him, from a catching ability, body control ability, um, that I think he, he definitely should have, you know, his role expanded a little bit coming into this next game. Mm. I also like how we saw him on special teams, too. He was flashing. Um, granted, he didn't uh, end up with a tackle, but I definitely saw him flying down there, making some plays, or at least being where he needed to be. I was very impressed by that because a lot of times with young players, especially wide receivers, they have the capabilities and all the attributes to play special teams, but they don't necessarily understand the significance of it. 
or have the necessarily the desire to go out there and execute at a high level. Whereas with Chase, I saw him, like I said, putting forth that same effort that he had on offense on special teams. And I thought that that's the sign of a guy that can definitely be, you know, impactful this season, especially as it progresses. Now, I do think that the reason why we didn't see as much of him in game one was strictly based off of the lack of preseason. When you're going into a, a game one and it matters and you don't know what to expect from the young guys because we know it's 50-50 with them, you lean on what you know. Your Deontay Johnsons, your Juju's, your James Washingtons, and so forth. But I think because of his performance on Monday, that's going to start to build a, a rapport and more trust, not hmm. only with Big Ben, but with that coaching staff, which is more important. So for me, that was the thing that I was impressed with. Similar situation with Benny Snell. I was going to say, speaking I mean, of expanded roles yeah, and, with, and coach trust. Because with Benny Snell, he's another guy. Like we, we heard the reports of him losing weight, but there still wasn't a trust like how you feel sitting here today on, on 9-16-2020. Feeling good about Benny yeah, Snell. A, a week ago, we said, you know, he could probably be good, and at some point he'll probably make an impact, but we didn't think that it would be like this this early. But you see him come in ready to go, opportunity presents itself, and he takes advantage of it, and now the conversations are what they are because of that. The trust around Benny Snell is what it is because of that. The optimism around him as yeah. well. So for me, man, those are the things that I, I, I love to see with younger players, man. Anytime they're able to first impression or – and it was first impression for all of them because it's 2020, and you heard Coach Thomas say this multiple times, man – when you play in that game, your last game is your living, breathing resume. It You're doesn't only matter. It's your last game. It doesn't matter what you did last season or the year before that. What did you do week one? And I thought, man, that Benny Snell and Chase Claypool had a great first impression for the 2020 season. 19 carries, 113 yards for Benny Snell. Um, let me ask you this, Arthur Motes. And I know you're tapped into this. If you, if you, I know you're you're on Twitter. You listen to sports talk in in town. You're a part of sports talk in town. You know you you do videos. You do all kinds of stuff. So I know you're tapped into the pulse of Steelers fans. I think you'll agree with me that Steelers fans want Benny Snell to be the guy on Sunday. From what we've seen since Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. Do man. you think he will be, or does Coach Tomlin go back to James Conner to start Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field? Honestly, man, I could see it happen in a couple of ways. Um, and obviously, this is solely based upon James Conner's availability. He's dealing with the ankle injury. Sure. If he's not ready to go, then it's not even. This is going to be a mute point, anyways. Right. But I do think that if James is healthy, that Coach Tomlin still might go back to him solely because of his relationship with James, solely hmm. because of the trust that you have with James and things like that. Do I think that's necessarily the right decision? Personally, I think that you ride Benny Snell because right now we've seen a track record with James that he hasn't been able to stay healthy for long periods of time. Correct. Ever since that uh, was that the 2018 season where he was a Pro Bowler, we haven't seen that type I mean, of even that year. I think he missed. Yeah, two, he did. Two he, or three he missed, games. Yeah, he definitely yeah, did. Yeah. But ever since that season, we haven't seen that level of productive productivity either. So for me. That's why I would personally go with Benny Snow because he is hot right now, 19 carries, 113 yards. And this wasn't, you know, him going in and, and being the feature back throughout the whole week in practice. Right. Limited. I mean, in terms of the reps, when you're the backup running back, your reps are limited compared to what James Conner and the starters are getting. Absolutely. So to see that type of performance, 5.9 per carry, that looked good. And I was impressed by the fact that he got stronger as the night went on and prior to James getting hurt. 
because we know James got hurt. Honestly, you look on tape, right. James gets hurt in the, the end of the first quarter. He tries to tough it out, and when he's on the field, he just didn't look the same. I mean, he was hobbled. Yeah. But before he got hurt, both of them had similar opportunities because the O-line didn't perform up to par, and, and, and we'll get to that anyways, but – James in those opportunities was getting tackled for no gains or a loss. Whereas Benny, same opportunities, making a guy or two miss, turning nothing into something. And he just looked, he looked the more explosive, the more fresh of the two backs. And that's personally for me why I would roll with Benny going into this game versus Denver if both parties are healthy. Yeah. But I could definitely see a scenario where James gets the first opportunities if he's healthy because of his relationship with Coach Tom and his offense. But as soon as Benny gets an opportunity, he does something good, yeah. then they go ahead and make right. that in-game adjustment. And either way, you know, you're going to have some some stuff to deal with. And I think James is mature enough and understands the business enough now sure. that it wouldn't become an issue if that move were to be made, whether it was before the game or during the game. Mm. But at the same time, I, I do think that is something that's kind of inevitable. And we said yeah. go, before, even, before even week one, we said that we thought Benny Snell – by week five or six would have a defined role. And that didn't have anything to do with James Conner. I just think now because of James' ankle injury, even if he does come back, it's a short week. He wasn't good enough to finish because of the ankle. Now you're going to tell me on a short week you're able to play on Sunday at 1 o'clock? I personally don't think. I think it's going to be a situation if he does play. It will be similar to Cleveland Browns' Thursday night game last year Hmm. where he comes out, tries to play, ends up getting hurt in like nine plays because he wasn't healthy going into the game. That's what you want to avoid if you're James because that's – the problem is if you you feel as a player, you gotta be out. You there. have to be out there, and especially man, if you've missed time before, and it's been a thing that's every year. You feel like man, the monkey is on my back. I got to get this label off me. So even though I'm not 100 percent healthy, I'm gonna tell them I'm 100 percent healthy. Mm-hmm. I can coast through practice, but now that it's game time, now I'm gonna either compromise myself even more. Or I'm going to put bad tape out there and have people saying negative things about me anyways. Right. It's it's a very tough situation to be in. And trust me, man, it's it's one of those things like as a veteran, you, you try to get in his ear and let him know like, yo, I understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to help you. Right. But it's so tough, yeah. especially when you factor in it's a contract year as well, man. It's just so many variables with that. But <clears throat> that's just the nature of this game, man, and why it's so unique. Because that's the stuff that you have to deal with. That that doesn't have anything to do with X's and O's. Now, if you're Benny Snell, I've been in his shoes as well, man, in terms of being the guy that, you know, outplays the starter and potentially could not be the starter the following week after that performance. And it sucks. Trust me, it sucks. You're over here like, man, you saw the numbers I put up versus this guy. Why is he getting the yeah, nod what do again? What I have to do? Right, and it's not like – like I said, I can see if James has had this this illustrious success here in Pittsburgh, think like L. Bell when D'Angelo Williams, right? Even when D'Angelo led the league in touchdowns, we said, man, when L. Bell comes back, it's L. Bell's job. Right. It's not a debate. Right. That's not the case with James Conner. And that's why for Benny, it's like I've I've been there where you're like, man, they want this guy in there for whatever reason it may be, whether it's draft status, contract, whatever. And, and, and it sucks. But the thing that I would tell Benny is this, man, from a mentality standpoint, you can't let that alter your preparation. Because the same way you got that opportunity unexpectedly Monday night, even if they go back to James, it can be an exact same scenario where you're getting your right. number called middle of the first quarter, right. second quarter, right. and you got to be the guy. And they don't want to hear, well, I didn't prepare because you I didn't get, get interrupted. Right. This week. Like that, that does not matter. 
So you have to make sure that you are prepared to go regardless of the circumstances and you cannot allow that type of stuff to dictate your effort, dictate your preparation, dictate your focus. I'm sure, man, with the veterans that are on that team, they're communicating that with Benny Snell. Mm -hmm. And whatever decision that, that they make based off of James' health, if Benny is the guy going into this game or going into Wednesday's practice, yeah, they're communicating with him on how to handle that. If he's not the guy, though, they're still Same communicating thing. with him how to handle it because both sides, man, is is very – you know, touch and go in terms of your mentality, in terms of how you operate. And that can be the difference between the winning teams and the losing teams. I've been on teams where we've handled it the wrong way. I've been a part of handling it the wrong way. But then I've seen it on the other side where you handle it the right way hmm. and the success that you can have from that. Arthur Motes, you know, he speaks like a guy with experience. That's because he just is a, just a, little a bit. guy just with a little experience. Bit. And you thought he got going there. On the other side, to start hour number two, it's the return of Professor Motes. Oh, yeah, one of our favorite weekly segments. Obviously, during a a normal when the Steelers play on Sunday week, right? You have the five-star Friday matchups on Friday, and then you kind of revisit those and everything that happened during the game with Professor Motes Monday. That is Arthur Motes' bread and butter, baby. The preview on Friday, the recap on Monday. So obviously this week we had to do it a little bit different. You got the five-star matchups on Monday this week. Now we will have uh, the Professor Motes breakdown of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between uh, that determined the, or, or I should say, that determined the outcome in the Steelers' 26 to 16 victory up in uh, up in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. So on the other side here to start hour number two, we'll go into the classroom with Professor Motes. I cannot wait for this one. It's also a Wednesday, so we will have a Best of the West Wednesday before we get out of here as well. Plenty to get to in hour number two of the show, so don't go anywhere. Stick with us right here on SNR. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Victorious! Well, that's good. Me too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun on a Wednesday as we start our number two. It's I know it's Wednesday. All right, and it's been almost 48 hours since the Steelers played, but it's our victory Wednesday here on the program. Little victory! Victory! And we are, uh, of course, as always, win, lose, draw. Ah, I just thought of a good one. What'd you get? Win, lose, tie, or on the bye. Oh, okay. All right. right. I mean, you know Euler and Motes are are, are laughing and and having a good time. Win, lose, tie, or the Steelers are on the bye. We're having a good time regardless, but an especially uh, better time, a much more fun time when the Steelers are victorious. Monday night, uh, breaking down our thoughts from that. And what better way to, uh, to really kind of Put a bow on Monday night as we start to look ahead to the Broncos tomorrow than, uh, than with Professor Motes. Now, this is going to work out really well. I mean, you know why here, Motesy? Oh, oh. Because everyone's at a good social distance here, you know, ah, from the professor. Not everybody's yes. got, you know, you can attend the classroom from home, all right? Listen, listen. We got virtual learning going on, guys. Vir- no, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry at all. And, you know, I think actually 
You're going to get this season, you're going to get the best Professor Moats ever because Dude. he's Professor Moats every morning with his three kids Ain't at home. That and- the truth. <laughs> And, 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 and no, 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 don't, don't, don't give me all the credit, man. Shout out to wifey, and, man, and, and Mrs. Yes. Motes as well. Mrs. Motes, hey, she's a lifesaver, a godsend. Because boy, 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 you are, uh, you guys are Whew. both wearing your teacher caps. Yes, you indeed. Know, that's Motes. We've talked a lot about this off season. You and I discussing things on the show that we never thought we'd be discussing Very on a true. sports talk radio show. I bet you, I bet you, you and Sean are in the same. You never thought you'd be moonlighting as a teacher here this this fall, but here we are. Hey, listen, I, I dreamed a lot of things. I've thought a lot of things in terms of how I envisioned my life turning out. <laughs> yeah, virtual teaching wasn't one of them. Ah, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you about that, baby. But fortunately, one of the things Arthur Motes does envision with his life is breaking down football, particularly yes, sir. Steelers football. So let's do it here. Without further ado, for the first time this season, socially distanced. All right, we're perfect here. Everybody get your notebooks out. All right, pull up your Zoom call because it's time to go into the classroom with Professor Motes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, class is in session. And let's not stand upon ceremony here. Let's dive right into it, man. The first thing, and for my people that are out here taking those, we will be having five points. You know how we roll. Always. Always five. But the first point is this, man. What a difference a Hall of Fame QB makes. Oh, man. Talk about Big Ben and that offense, man, and how he was ultimately able to just bring life back to them. The two-minute drill before halftime was vintage Ben masterful in terms of him and Juju working the ball up the field. Obviously, James Washington. Woo! Wait, James, how are you doing? But ultimately, man, seeing Ben, how he controlled the offense, man, how he controlled the adversity, how he never let the situation get too big either way. I thought it was very impressive, man. And also, man, I had to tip my cap to the Wiley veteran, the, the old dog showing that he still has fresh legs, man. That run was critical at the time, man, in terms of ball position, in terms of possession of the clock, in terms of moving the sticks. I mean, everything associated with it. That was a big time play. And when you think about a guy a year away from the game, too, because of a major injury, it's not the most easy no. thing to do to say, hey, I'm going to go out here and run with these, these wolves. But... He did it, man, and he was very successful in doing so, man. So I was definitely impressed with that. I thought that was the first thing that we had to point out, man. I like it. I like it. I'm with you. Now, for the second thing, man, everybody with me, say two. Number two. Everybody say two. Number two. All right, there we go, baby. I hear you in the back, Wait, little hold on, one. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! You gotta love it. But the number two thing that I want to talk about, man, is body transformation is king. Ooh. You're talking about me, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I see you here flexing, man. You're looking uh, like a young Schwarzenegger. All those you know push-ups I've been doing. C- circa 93. I like it, man. But uh, <laughs> when we're talking about body transformation, man, the guy that I have to point out is Benny Snell. I mean, we said a year ago, think about how, how far he's come in a year. Seriously. During the preseason his first year, we talked about how Trey Edmonds looked like the better back, and we debated whether they should keep mm-hmm. Edmonds over Benny Snell. Mm-hmm. We talked about as the season progressed and Benny started to get more opportunities, how he looked good, but he still looked like he was a little bit sluggish, a little heavy. Then we said that, hey, man, if he could lose weight, man, a la L. Bell, James Washington, James Conner, that that could really help him out. And wow, Monday night, did he not look like the most explosive running back on the field? Or 
on our side of the ball. I, I don't want to disrespect Saquon like that. Yeah. But in terms of him versus James Conner, he looked like the more explosive, the stronger back. He looked lean. He looked good. When I think of all of those things, man, that's why for me, man, Benny Snell is the king of the body transformation right now because this is his year of doing it, and we saw it pay huge dividends. Now, I'll be excited to see how he continues to progress and what he could truly accomplish yeah. this season. But, man, he got off to an amazing start thus far. Now, it's time for the third point. Can I get a three? The three amigos. There we go, man. Everybody with me. Say good juju. Good juju. Say good juju. Good juju. Lit one. I know you're listening. Say good juju. Good juju. There it is. Man, talk about a guy, man, who's had a lot of criticism. Some of it brought on himself, some of it not. But ultimately, man, contract year for this guy, man. He's had a ton of things going on. And what does he do Monday night? People question his commitment to football. Hmm. And, and he goes out there and dominates his matchup, man. Obviously, he was back in the slot predominantly. And, and you expect him to dominate those type of matches, especially when he's going against third and fourth corners like how yes, he was. Do. But I loved his energy. I loved his playmaking ability. I loved his overall just his his, his, his thought process. Man, you seeing, okay, getting out of the bounds, doing the two-minute drill instead of fighting for extra right, yards. Right. Understanding the significance of that to the casual viewer, you're like, well, he could have probably got four or five more yards, but those four or five more yards isn't worth the 10-plus seconds that would have ran off the clock. Those are the type of things that seeing Juju let me know that, man, he is putting the team first. And, and that's not easy to do in a contract year because you want to do everything to get paid in a contract year. But saying that, hey, I don't need that extra yards. Let's get out of bounds, man, because I know that's going to help us in the long run. Along with, man, him showing the amazing effort on a run play, mind you. Yes. Benny Snell run play. Right side of the How field, man. That? What, 15-yard gain? He's only guy over there. Outside of like five six, giants. Yeah, I was gonna say five or six. Ball blue on the jerseys. ground, he recovers it. And let's 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 break this thing down, man. If he doesn't get that ball, the Steelers defense just came off a 19 play drive. That was the second play of that new drive for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You mean to tell me at the 19 play drive, you only get two off, you go back out there short field, you thought it you do the math, it wouldn't have ended up pretty for us. That's been, all I'm saying, what, man. Their second time in three possessions of, yeah. of, of a, getting sent back out there on a short field? Absolutely, man. So for me, man, seeing Juju make that play in a contract year, putting his body on the line, diving in there. Like I said, a run play, not a pass play. If it was a pass play down the field, he's near the ball, that's different. This is a run play, man, where we know receivers don't like the block. We know <laughs> receivers don't want to do the nasty stuff. But for him, doing that along with it being in a contract year shows you where his mind is right now and shows you where his focus is. And I was very impressed by that. And shout out to the TikTok dance too, man. My daughters were going crazy. <laughs> go, had had go, me in the house go, twerking go, and, and, and go, going and go, all that too, go, man. So go. I'm with it, man. Baby, I am with it. Go, That's good go, juju right go, there. Go, now, go. the fourth thing we're going to talk about, man, communication. Who wants to talk to me, man? You like to talk. I like to talk, Wait, right? Wait, Professor, you mean communication like how me and all my friends text each other on Snapchat all the time? Wait a minute. No, no talking when the professor's speaking, okay? Oh, sorry. See, but that's communication right there. You said we just talk to each other back and forth. Communication is key. I'm gonna give you two examples of where it was good. I'll give you two examples. One where it was good, one where it wasn't good. The first one where it was not good. We saw the touchdown pass Darius Slayton in the first half. 
what goes on on that man for those that don't know it's a zombie concept in terms of what the route was and in terms of that route versus a cover three defense where you get an over from the backside x is in a condensed split and we're talking about x is your number one receiver right your number one receiver is cut down remember he was very tight to the formation and then on the backside, you have a guy running a vertical route or in this case it was a seven or a post yep. running towards the goal post downfield so the reason why you call it a zombie concept is because it's forcing in that cover three where that overall is going to be running away from the different leverages. So you see Joe Hayden communicate hmm. with Minka, hey, zombie, zombie. So Minka comes out of the third to jump the crosser. In turn, though, Joe has to get back there yep. to replace Minka to cover Darius Slayton because Steven Nelson is outside in in a cover three concept. The communication was good, but it wasn't great in terms of you see when Joe says it to Minka the first time. As soon as you say that, Joe has to go right now. Joe hesitates trying to see, ah, did he hear it? Did he not hear it? Hmm. Then you see a snowball effect because now Steven Nelson, instead of squeezing his guy all the right. way, he's right. kind of second guessing like, okay, is Minka taking that or not? Because if he's not, then I have to pick that up. Right. So you could just see those three guys on the hmm. right page, but they didn't detail it enough. Hmm. And that's ultimately why Joe ends up being a step late, why Steven Nelson ends up being a step late. And the only person who executed everything right was Minka coming <laughs> down um, you know, on the over route. Yep. But that's right there shows you why communication is so key. If you don't communicate clean and crisp and you don't know what each person is doing and believing it 100%, you're going to be a step late. And that's what we saw right there why it, and why it was a touchdown. So communication is key. Now, a good, a good sign of communication, two times with Deontay Johnson, he had two bad plays, right? He had the, the muffed punt. Mm -hmm. And then he had the drop pass, I think it was on a, a second or third down, on uh, left side of the field, hit him right in the hands. Mm -hmm. Both of those scenarios, man, Deontay looked like he was down from a, mo a mojo standpoint, right? Like he was ready to check out. It happens to the best of us. But the thing that I was impressed with was the amount of guys that rallied around him, came over there, patted mm -hmm. him on the butt, talked to him, you're yep. good. Shout out to Big Ben as well continuing to go back to Deontay to make sure that he's throwing him the ball to get him back in the game. Let him know, like, hey, man, we still believe in you. You're still our guy. I don't care about those negative plays. Right. We know how good you can be. That type of stuff right there is where you can see the good communication pay off because Deontay ends up continuing to contribute as this game progresses where he could have easily lost it on that first punt when he fumbled it away. Yes, he could have. So for me, man, those were two prime examples of communication done not so good and communication done extremely well. And you see the results that transpired from both of those scenarios, man. I like so, it. Now time for the fifth and final point. Everybody say five. Five. Say five. Five. All right, I got five one, on two, the two then, baby. Let's one, ride. One, two, three, four, fifth. Yes, indeed. Bud Dupree, baby, is the real deal. Yes, indeed. That's my fifth point because let's be real. People talked about Bud Dupree going into last season in terms of when the Steelers picked up his uh, his uh, fifth-year option. They were, you know, had some doubts about it. Man, did he deserve the fifth-year option, that pay tag, overpaying for him? And then we saw the type of season that he had. So then the detractors started to say that he only did that because it was a contract year. Right. That was the new narrative. But you saw once again Monday night, and he didn't have the easier of the two matches between him and TJ. TJ had the duck in terms of Cameron Fleming. It's the reason why Fleming's been on three teams in, what, six, seven years now. Correct. 
Bud was going against the number four <laughs> overall pick, a guy that me and you are high on in terms of Andrew Thomas, mm-hmm. the New York Giants franchise, the city of New Jersey, because they're not in New York. I'm not going to let that slide. But the city of New Jersey is high on yeah, Andrew Thomas was, because of where he was drafted at. What, four tackles taken in the top yes, 15? absolutely. And he, was, and he was the number one pick. Absolutely. So when you think about all that, but then you look at the impact Bud Dupree had. It lets you know that, no, this was nothing haphazardly. This He didn't stumble across this. And the thing that I enjoyed was this. Because at first I was like, man, he's only making plays when he's not blocked. Which you're supposed to do anyways, but you can't take it for granted. We've seen numerous people miss plays when they're unblocked. But mm-hmm. the thing that I was impressed by was even when he was blocked by, by, me, by Andrew Thomas, he still was working his hands, getting off of the block finding ways to get after the quarterback he should have had a sack man obviously good job by daniel jones protecting the ball two ends up getting it but man with bud dupree i thought he was just dominant all night and to do that type of stuff in a contract year again like i said you do it one time in a contract year okay, okay you can give that whole excuse yeah. oh it's this one time thing no 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 this is going on three years of continued productivity this is going on three years of continued just getting better progression mm-hmm. we talk about Guys develop at different stages in their career. TJ, for example, developed. He came out the gate strong, and he's been going on from there. But it took him a couple of years. But, man, now that the light has finally turned on for him, you're seeing sustained success yes, in the are. run game, in the pass game, his effort. I mean, I was so happy his effort led to my big man, INT, <laughs> that, dude, I was over here jumping for joy. Like, yes, this is what we love. But I that, love, too, real quick, how Cam Hayward, nobody around him except for Steelers, but he still jumped up and high-pointed that ball, hey, baby. Hey, show show that, that 15-inch vertical, man. I, I loved it, man. I loved it. But for me, man, Bud Dupree, I thought that, man, he was the best player on defense Monday night, man. He looked the fastest on the field. He flew around, rode with bad, arrived with bad intentions, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what you love to see. So that's why he is my fifth and final point in today's lecture class. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Professor. Uh, we appreciate the virtual learning. We Wash pr- your hands. We appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Don't high-five me or hug me. We appreciate the lesson on a Wednesday. Uh, you changing up your schedule to accommodate the league. Uh, we'll talk to you Friday. Sounds about right. All right. <laughs> Arthur Motes, the lit one, chimes in. Lit, lit, lit. Good juju, let's go. The little one, one loves watching juju get litty. And uh, Joseph here, this is funny. He says, it was nice seeing Ben show his wheels again, but he definitely needs to get some sliding lessons. Oh, man, talk about it. <laughs> we all yeah, we all were a little, hold your breath every time. Hold your breath. Who's somebody, I mean, this is bad. I can't even, Josh Bell. I was gonna say I can't mm. even I can't even name a pirate except for like Polanco and he's not having a very good season. Nah, we need to get good. all right. One of these days, all right, Ben, just swing by PNC Park for 20, 30 minutes, get a sliding yeah. lesson or two from Josh Bell. We'll be good to go. Hey, listen, I'm sure they'll be very accommodating of you as well, Big Ben. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. That'll do it for Professor Motes. Uh, normally on a Monday, today on a Wednesday, but always on a Wednesday. Our penultimate segment, best of the West, a little. Top 10 NFL power rankings last week. Motes and I both had the Steelers as the sixth best team in the National Football League before the season started. After an impressive Monday night performance, where do we have them heading into week two? Well, you got to come back with us to find out. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Best of the West on the other side. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wow, wow, West. 
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wesley Euler, and this is my segment, the best of the West on a Wednesday. Hold on now. You like that new intro music Hold there? Hold on, big fella. Uh-oh, CR going to be mad. I am telling CR still in nation Chicago, because, ooh, you took his song. He the only one that plays that song, baby, well, when he see, calls in. He plays the Will Smith version. You this right. is a little different. This is like the, the legit version. He this plays the movie version. <laughs> yeah, he plays yeah. the movie version. He this plays is, the movie version. This is the old school version. Yeah, but ooh, ooh. I'm going to tell it. I guess, it's, I guess it's a good thing for me then that we still don't have phone lines open then, You're right? right? Because You're I don't right. have to face the wrath of CR. You're right. But CR, if you are listening, we miss you, buddy. We, we need do. you, In CR. Way, you man. need to make a Twitter account so you can tweet Moats and I, all right? Yeah. Matter of fact, Devin, because Devin <laughs> the human flamethrower is always, you got connections. <laughs> Reach out to CR and get that man Twitter account set up. We we know that hey, you got Twitter. He don't got Twitter. Get him right. And when we get the phone lines the consistently working, because, you know, they, they be mm. inconsistent mm-hmm. at times. But when they get back consistently working, I promise we're going to answer your call. Baby. I promise. But, yeah, see y'all, we miss you, man. We miss you. Arthur Motes, before we get into uh, my best of the West list here, and obviously to yours as well. I was about to say, do I not get included in this? Can I – it's my segment, right? It's best of the West, oh, 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 so I can oh, take a second me. to laugh I'm about sorry. this. I'm sorry. Jeez. All right. I just saw the most ridiculous tweet that I've ever seen in my life. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, we haven't really talked about this yesterday. Big Ten football announcing that they're back today. Uh, can, you know, we got a lot of Penn State, Ohio whoa, State whoa, whoa, whoa. listeners. Is that really the first team you got to say is Penn State? That's not the first thing you, you should Ohio ever State, say. then Penn State. No, no, no. Ohio State, then that team up north. Well, I mean, they haven't won anything I, since. I, I don't care. <laughs> Ohio State, then that team up north. Northwestern. Wisconsin? Iowa. You know what I mean? We can go down the Nebraska. list. Nebraska. Nebraska, Cornhusker. We got a Cornhusker on the team. We we, we, we're going to go that through all the other teams. Good. Hey, welcome <laughs> back to Maryland. everybody. We got some Maryland Listen, guys. Listen, welcome back to everybody in the Big Ten. Rutgers. Except Penn State. That's how I feel about it, all right? That's how I feel. <laughs> The Big Ten announcing their return to football this morning. Uh, David Hookstead. I don't know who this guy is. He's verified on Twitter. He's got almost 20,000. Oh, he's an author for the Daily Caller. That tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. But his bio on Twitter is King of Wisconsin Badgers Athletics. That's Whoa. it. Whoa. He tweeted, I've spent the past 188 days fighting to save Big Ten football. Today we accomplished the mission. Okay. But here's where the tweet really gets juicy. <laughs> Much like the Osama Bin Laden raid or D-Day. Whoa. You never know when your number will be called to serve. All you hope to do is execute your job in the mission. We did just that. Did Uh, did I miss something here? You know what? I I think we need to put David's face on the $100 bill because he's done more for this country than Ben Franklin. Are we talking college football? Are we talking about something life or death? Am I I missing something here? We really comparing bringing back Big Ten football. To storming the beaches of Normandy. To zero dark 30? That's what we're comparing? Big 10 football? Not SEC football. If it was SEC football, you know what? <laughs> Alabama, Road Tide. All right, cool. You, you, you can make a case, but we're talking about Big 10 football. Cut it out. Cut <laughs> it out. They was going to have the cosplayoffs without y'all anyways. Right. Why am I talking anyways? We all watched football this past Saturday without you. Like, what? 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 <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> the 
Nobody cares about Rutgers football this anymore. Guy, this guy who thinks he saved Big Ten football is much what? like those who took down Osama bin Laden or stormed what? the beaches of Normandy. When I saw this tweet during the break, I had to do like a double take because I was like, there's no way. There's no Are way this serious? guy just tweeted this. There's Are you no serious? Way this guy just tweeted this. Tim Benz replied to him, I'm so confused. Does this mean the Big Ten Championship game is happening on the beaches of Normandy? No, 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 no. It's happening at zero dark 30. That's when it's happening, man. What? what, what, what? Golly. <sighs> yeah, you know. Straight nonsense, man. Arthur you give Mugs, a guy a platform and he goes and blows it. You know, the, the roughest days in our country's history, uh, Pearl Harbor. <sighs> September 11th, and the day that Big Ten football oh, got man. postponed. I just, I just I couldn't mean, believe it. I just, oh, David, thank you so much man, for your service. It just hurt my heart, man, to just hear that it was postponed. I couldn't even, I mean, my wife was just, she was crying <laughs> because she's like, yo, babe, like, are you okay? No, I'm in depression right now, man. I can't help myself. No Big Ten football. Huh, <sighs> said nobody ever. All right, but let's get into it here. We just had to laugh at David for a second there. I mean, come on. Jeez, I want college football. I want, you know, I want all hands on deck for college football. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think D-Day and the Osama Bin Laden raid, just, just, just a shade, just a hair more important than Wisconsin playing eight games on Saturdays this fall. But I digress. Arthur Motes, it's time for our best of the West, heading into week two, right? For those of you unfamiliar, very simple concept. It's just power ranking the best teams in the NFL week to week. We call it best of the West. And since it is my list, I start at the top of the list because everybody starts at the back. You know, and I don't want to do what everybody else does. Number one, no change here from last week. Still the defending Super Bowl champions. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we've we've talked about this before. Until somebody, uh, you know, until somebody, you know, until you take down the king, the king's gonna wear the crown. Particularly when the they you have uh, Patrick, man until you beat Patrick Mahomes and and Kelsey and Hill and Andy Reid still roaming the sidelines and Eric Bieniemy still pulling the strings on that offense and a defense that may not be elite but certainly has enough playmakers. Sticking with the Chiefs at one. I'm also sticking with the same team that I had at number two, the Baltimore Ravens. I said it on Monday. My only analysis of the Ravens over the weekend, they're still pretty good. Uh, And same for the team that I had at number three. My top three is unchanged from last week. Chiefs one, Ravens two, Saints three. Um, That Buccaneers team that we saw on Sunday obviously is not going to be the finished product Buccaneers team. They're they're trying to play catch-up. they got a lot of new moving parts, no preseason, a condensed offseason. I expect the Bucs to get much better as the year goes along. But the Saints really controlled that game from start to finish. Number four, Arthur Motes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, now. Yeah, up from number six last week. I had to do it. All right, I know. I'm, I'm sitting here with a, uh, you know, with a, a body armor drink that is that is black and gold. I'm wearing my black and gold glasses. I'm gonna get Joe, back. a black and gold car. I'm gonna get back into my <laughs> black and gold car to go home here in a couple hours. But you know what? I got the Steelers at number four with that defense. I think the offense looked sharp, and they're only gonna look better as the year goes along. Right now, Steelers at number four. Number five. Anyone who's listened to the show for more than five minutes, you know all I got to say is he's a bad man. You talking about A-A-Ron? You talking about him? Yeah, you know, everybody wanted to disrespect the Packers and, oh, they lost Aaron Rodgers and Jordan loved this. And last year, yeah, they won won 13 games last year, but a lot of them were close games, as if almost every game in the NFL isn't a close game. I got the Packers at number five. Number six. Mr. Nine straight wins, an NFL record for a West Coast quarterback in the East Coast time zone. I'm talking about Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I've got them at number six. I don't know what it is. If you look at the numbers historically of when West Coast teams travel to the East Coast. It's tough. It's tough. 
unless you got Russell Wilson under center, then it's like Especially a guaranteed victory. Especially you think about victory. playing a one o'clock game on the East Coast. <laughs> Imagine what time that is right. on the West Coast. It's ten a.m. Yeah. For, for those guys. Oh, man. Seattle number six. That defense looked rejuvenated with uh, with Jamal Adams as well too. I expect him to get even more comfortable and ingrained, uh, kind of a la what we saw from Minka as the year went along last year, uh, coming in late to the fold for the Steelers, just like Jamal did to Seattle. I've got the Seahawks at number six. <sighs> My next four teams here from 7 to 10, honestly, I could have had in any order, but this is supposed to be a week-to-week thing based right. off of how they're playing right now. So number seven, I went to Titans, Motsi. Mm, I mean, I know they needed a last-second field goal to win that game, but if their kicker wouldn't have missed three field goals and an extra point before that, I thought the Titans looked really good. They're another one of those teams that I think is going to get a little bit better as the season goes Speaking along. Speaking of that Titans game. A momentum offense. You calling a timeout? Any? Dude, Point. Vic Fangio, you're what are you sitting doing? there with how many timeouts? You don't think you was just one? Well, you, Mo, so you know the good part about that. <laughs> Did I forget something here? You know the good part about that. <laughs> What's up? Well, n- next week now the uh, you know the Broncos just start with six timeouts in the first <laughs> half, right? Wait, I, I didn't realize they roll over like good credit. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you could just you know what I mean. If I save these timeouts like, from this game, man. yeah. <laughs> Like, I was like, am I missing something? Like, uh, I thought that maybe he knew some type of special yes. rule. I'm like, is bro, the- is this a rule that I'm missing that you don't want to use a timeout right now? Not what? Like, you sure? It's like, you know how, like, um, like Taco oh, Bell will man. do the, you know, like, if this team hits a home run during the World <laughs> Series or so. It's, it's like Vic Fangio. Someone was up to him and like, hey, if you keep all your, your three second well, half we'll timeouts. We'll get free Dairy Queen after this, we'll man. We'll give you a $25 <laughs> gift card to the grill and chill. Like, like, like what is going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that you're right. Man. That was a head scratcher. And if, if something like that happened in Pittsburgh, Motsi, we would talk about it for Come six on, days. Man. We would we would scream Come about on, it for man. six days. <laughs> Losing a game at the buzzer and having all three timeouts in your pocket. Not a good look for Vic Fangio. Mm-mm. Titans number seven. I've got Arthur Motes' Buffalo Bills number eight. Uh we talked about Josh Allen a little bit uh on Monday. He gets some of that footwork taken care of. He looks a little bit sharper. The Bills will be moving up this list. Outstanding defense. Big addition of of digs on offense. Very talented roster. Buffalo Bills, number eight for me. Uh, Number nine and number ten, I got two teams that lost but are still very, very talented. I couldn't have them outside of my top ten. At number nine, I've got the Niners. Um, A a tough loss to the Cardinals, but again, week one, the overreaction. I'm not ready to give up on the Niners just because they lost to the Cards at home. And then at number ten, Arthur Motes. The Dallas Cowboys as well, too. Tough one against the Rams, but again, it's week one. Um, I, I expected, you know, the the overreaction in places like Dallas, and if the Steelers would have lost, the overreaction in Pittsburgh would have been insane, and they're going nuts in Cleveland, acting like the sky is falling. I think the Cowboys are going to be just fine, particularly in that division. I think they're going to be just fine. I've got them at number 10. Now, I know this is funny, and this is kind of ironic, and a lot of times I laugh at people that do this. For my honorable mentions, I've got the Rams, the team that beat the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. at number 11. uh, Patriots 12, Cardinals 13. Arthur Motes. Hold on, hold on. I I feel like I was missing something. I I didn't hear you talk about your boy Wentz. Did I miss that? They're not on the list. They're not even in the top 15. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything because I know how much you love Carson Wentz and you love Philly and you love cheesesteaks and you love all them boys over there. I just want to make sure that they was on the same page here about about that abysmal performance. A loss is a loss no matter how you slice it. Okay, I feel better now. I appreciate (laughs) you. All right. They don't, they don't ask how. They ask how many. You, you right about that. And Wentz and Dak are both 0-1. You right about that. <laughs> what say you? So, for me, man, kicking it off at the top of the list, man, I got the Chiefs, man. They took care of business. I don't think that the Texans are going to be that good 
right now, man, I think they still have some question marks at the receiver room. Obviously, the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, they are going to fill. And I'm just glad for everybody that was pumping their chest about David Johnson. Woo! Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy, big fella. So I got the Chiefs at number one. At number two, the Baltimore Ravens, man. We hate them, but we understand that, hey, they're a really good football team in all three phases, man. And they showed that once again on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. At number three, man, I got the Saints, man. I think that they took care of business against the Buccaneers. We know the Buccaneers are a talented team, a lot of hype surrounding them, but they haven't meshed just yet. And the Saints, man, they looked good. They were clicking in all three phases. Um, I'm really excited about them. And shout out to my man Kamara getting that check, man. They, I, Man, they did a good job of paying everybody they needed to pay. You think about that, man, between um, Taysom Hill, Kamara, and then they get a deal with Demario Davis the night before the game. I thought that was pivotal for them, man, keeping those guys, their core guys, guys that were very pivotal and successful yep. for them, man. It was good to see that. At number four, the Seattle Seahawks. I yeah, know it was the buddy. Atlanta Falcons. I know they, they were supposed to beat them like that. But it's still impressive, man. And when you watch Russell's game, he never looks like he's working hard. <laughs> I'm like, true. dude, how, how do you go out here, you throw four touchdowns, you have 350-something total offense yards, and you literally only have four incompletions. How? He looks like the kid in recess. Like, we, like, all, went to school, like we all went to school with the kid in recess, right, who was just the best athlete. Yes, and that's like, what he looks like. Would just would just be dominating recess and, like, wouldn't break a sweat in the process. You're, you're like, that's bro, how, like, like, how are you doing that, man? Yeah. It, it just it looks like it's coming too easy to him, man. So that's why I have them at number four. At number five, dude, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay. Packers. Now, the reason why I have them at five, and I'm going to tell you in a second when we go to this next team why I have them at five. They looked very impressive, but the competition they did it against was very impressive in terms of the Vikings. Hmm. The Vikings are a good team. They are. Kirk Cousins played well. That defense played well. It's just they got caught in a buzzsaw. They man. Did. They did. When Aaron is playing like that, man, there's not much it's you can tough. do. Yeah. It's not much. It's Unless like, you've got like the front, like the Niners correct, have. Correct. That's about all that you can do. Because that's the only way you can minimize that, man. And I just thought that Hey, go on, man. The Packers, they just looked too good. They were too sharp. Now, with number six, though, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers because, man, I thought that the Steelers looked good. They answered a lot of questions in terms of Ben's um, availability, in terms of if he still was going to be at the level he was or comparable to that. I thought he looked really good. And the reason why I have him at six and not five is just because the Vikings are a far better football team than the Giants. So both of those teams, the, the Packers and the Steelers, looking good, being impressive in their win. I just thought that because the Packers did it against better competition, they got the nod in that regard. So that's why I had them at five, Steelers at six. <clears throat> at seven, I got the Minnesota Vikings. I know they Ooh, got beat, I man. like it. I know they gave up 43 points to Aaron Rodgers, and I said Aaron was on a mission, but they scored 34. They had a crazy fourth quarter, though. Literally, they're, they're one questionable call in, in terms that's of – yeah, oh yeah, we'll give them the nod they on hung that. In that game, yeah. when they could have packed. They, they it scored in many literally times. twenty-four points in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to, like I said, make it a, a one-score game in that fourth quarter, and it just happened to, like I said, the call went against them. But if it does go for them, man, that's a lot more interesting of a score at the end of the game, man. So that's why I have them at seven. At number eight, man, my Buffalo Bills, man. I thought, man, I watched that game again. I rewatched it, man. Them versus the Jets, dude. They should have had 30, 35 points going at halftime. It should have been thirty-five zip. They literally had. Um, like I said, two Josh Allen fumbles in the first half in the red zone, one on the 20-yard line, mm-hmm. one on the 10-yard line, and then they had a missed field goal as well. All that in the first half, and then obviously in the second half, you have the John uh, the John Brown back in the end zone throw that you missed. Man, they should have had 50 points in that game. No exaggeration. Should have been 42-zip middle of the third quarter. 
they moved the ball with ease. They got after uh, Sam Darnold. They got the L Bell. They looked good. They get those little things fixed up. Like mm-hmm. I said, the two, the, the two ball security issues. Yep. And, and obviously just Josh being more aware and just having the details on his fork when he's throwing the ball on the move. And they're going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. They got a really nice So roster. that's why I have them at eight. At number nine, I got the Patriots. Ooh. I, I'm I'm drinking what you're putting down, Cam. <laughs> I'm all for the the the, the high class fashion. I love the he hat looks swag. Good. He looks good in that uniform. Dude, I man, he I I I felt like I needed to wash my mouth out, but at the time I was like, bro, I like the Patriots just because of Cam. Like, <laughs> if it was Brady at quarterback, I'm like, I don't want to nah. see this. I hate it. Nah. But because it was Cam, it just made me feel good. I'm like, yo, I can rock with you the same way I feel about Lamar. So I feel about Cam. So for me, man, I enjoyed it. That's why I have the Patriots at nine and at number ten. I know they lost. I know they didn't look the best. I know people talk about father time. But I got the Bucks, man. I feel like, dude, we said these first couple of games are going to be rough for teams that have a lot of new pieces, Moving new coaching parts. staffs, yeah. new quarterbacks, new, you know, guys at pivotal communication spots. And the Buccaneers, they're just having to deal with the growing pains of that, man. Even if they lose these first three games, it still doesn't change how I feel about them as a team because right. I know whenever it does click – is going to click in a major right. way, and they're going to steamroll teams. We know this, man. So that's why I have them at ten. And then my next, excuse me, my next five out had the 49ers, Man, they were the first team out. I thought they were still a really good team. The Cardinals, they all. This is the thing, man. The same way we talk about how we we beat Cleveland every time, right? But <laughs> the games are still very close. Right. They're very back and right. forth. The Niners and the Cardinals, the it's Cardinals play the Niners like that all the time. It's always close. We talked about how last year when the when the Niners were, what, nine or, or however many you know they were, mm-hmm. the Cardinals played them on a Thursday night game in Arizona and should have won the game. Like, that's just how it is. So, for me, man, I said I still got the Niners as my next team out. The Cowboys after that, man, I yep. thought the Cowboys played really well. I understand that. You know, you can point to a couple of questionable calls, a couple of questionable decisions. I look at the fourth and three that they went for, they didn't get. Great play by the defense, but they could have kicked the field goal yeah. and changed the whole outlook of the game. At least go to overtime. Correct. Yeah. So that's why I have them as that 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 pseudo ele- or pseudo twelve team. And then I have the Rams. Mm-hmm. Even like I said, same with you. Rams beat them, but I have them behind them. It, it is what it is. I was man. impressed by the Rams. I was. I was. I was. But they're going to have to win games the like Cowboys that. The Cowboys are the better year. team. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be a little more difficult, I think, for the Rams to replicate that performance and then, week by week. Yeah, absolutely. And then I have Titans, and then I wrapped it up with the Colts. And I understand people will say, well, the hmm. Colts lost to the Jags, man. That's a bad loss, this and that. Couple of things that transpired in that game. Number one, they lost Marlon Mack. Torn Achilles in the first half. That changed a lot because he was looking good. But number two, man, Phillip just kind of got greedy. I felt like at the time, Philip in the they first were controlling half, that yeah, game for a while. In the first half, Philip was controlling the game. He was making good throws. He wasn't really taking chances, doing the whole gunslinger thing. He looked efficient. Then in the second half, I don't know if it was because of Marlon Mack going down, but he definitely started taking more chances and ultimately turned the ball over. And when you do that, we we talk about it, man. You turn the ball over at this level, teams are going to have an opportunity to stake with you. And they just ended up being on the bad end of the breaks in some of those situations, man. But ultimately, man, good job by the Jags. But I still think the Colts are going to be a good team once they get back rolling. I like it, Arthur Motes. Oh, and there if you need is. a fantasy pick, man, get the boy Naheem Hines, man. Uh, he's going to be taking over from Marlon Mack. That's when he call. came in, he looked really good. A good call. Good out the backfield, catching the ball. That's the guy that you definitely want to get up if you haven't got it yet. Let me ask you this. Um, so I got Lev Bell hurt on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Do I start Benny Snell or Ronald Jones this week? 
Well, I'm gonna tell you firsthand. I'm starting Benny Snell. I'm, I'm banking on either James not being 100 healthy or him not even being out there. That's and what Benny I'm Snell thinking getting too. the nod. I like Ronald Jones, but I just think as the season progresses, Fournette. his yeah his role is gonna diminish. Whereas Benny, if Benny goes out here and looks again like how he did Monday, it's only gonna improve. Plus that Broncos defense, they're good, but they're not to the point where he's not going to be able to have they're success. They're good in the secondary, and they're good at getting yes. after the quarterback, Absolutely, but, but not against necessarily the run, the run game. Yeah, not good. I mean, you look at uh, – and obviously Derrick Henry is a beast, but 31 carries, 116 yards. You do the math. That's over three yards per carry. That's what you want as a running back. I just think that, man, with Benny – he's going to present some challenges for that defense if he's the guy out there because of his elusiveness and the speed that he's been playing with lately. I think that's a good call by you, Arthur Motes. All right, last break to get to. One more time, we got to pay the bills. On the other side, we will get to your tweets. So that means a couple things here, right? Last chance. What that mean? What that mean? <laughs> that means a last chance to get those tweets in or forever hold your peace for the next 22 hours. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52. The Body. We will wrap with your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. When you hear the Dixie Cups, that can only mean one thing. It's time to wrap up the show with your tweets. To the Twitter.com we go. Arthur Motes, me tweets. Me! Westman and Dr. Motes. Ooh, couple, couple quick hitter questions here. Best place for a meatball sandwich. For me, it's DeBella's. I don't know if you have any, any takes on this. DeBella's, baby. See, when you said meatballs, I started thinking about Sienna Mercado. I'm like, that's my spot. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's why. a good one. But we, they technically don't have a meatball sandwich, though. Actually, no, they do have the meatball For sandwich. For Arthur Motes, they'd make an exception. Yeah, Sienna Mercado. I'm going Sienna like Mercado, it. man. And, and it has a nice view, too, man. You can sit it right does. there, open up. Santa Weather's Mercado still good. Great. Can't go wrong with Sienna Mercado, man. So, if you, you know, if you want to sit down fancier meal, and it's downtown meatball, too, man. you go to Sienna yeah. Mercado. If you want something quick, just from a hoagie shop, you go to the Bellas. Rock and roll, Boom. baby. Uh, second question from me. With an me. exclamation point. Me. Uh, you feel that crisp, cool air <laughs> this morning? Fall is almost here. That being said, have you rocked anything pumpkin spice yet? Me, I have not. I'm not a, I'm not a basic witch. I had me a I, pumpkin that was spice a w latte. There. Did you? I had, I had, what? I'm bougie. <laughs> I'm all for pumpkin spice latte. Um, and, and I drink with my pinky out, and I have my chin up like I'm snooty. Like don't don't like, don't run up on me when I'm that's drinking. That's my it. thing. Most <laughs> most of the things where you get the pumpkin spice flavor. Yeah. I'm like a, like you know this. I'm plain Jane with my coffee. Uh, like I uh, am, I am just give me a regular coffee with just a little bit of cream in it. That's all I want. Ew, give me a cinnamon dolce I, latte, I, I, man. Exactly. Extra cinnamon on my and joint. Like, <laughs> with, with my beers too. You know what I mean? Like my favorite beer in the world is Molson. Just a straight up Canadian lager. Nah, that's my, see, man, that's I, I, my need, I need some beer. type of. Can, can I get some type of Midori sour with a little <laughs> vodka cranberry? Put so a little most, splash in this in an umbrella. Most is the bougie one in this relationship. <laughs> Uh, last question from me is uh, ugliest uniform in the NFL is blank. Mm, ugliest. Oh, now, man. see, there's a lot of the throwbacks that I could go to, like the Eagles throwbacks, like the yeah. Packers throwbacks. But just I'm, I'm going to go regular, you know, normal uniforms. The Browns, 
because just orange and brown, it's just a disgusting color combination. I don't like, I don't know how you feel about this. I love their home jerseys, but I do not like, it's more the pattern than the, it's more the design than anything else. I don't like the Cardinals away jerseys. What? I don't like how it's like red up top and white down oh, below. Like, you know man. what I mean? Like the two-tone. I, just, I, I like that. Do I, you? I do, I do. I do. I'm trying to think. Any other ones? Uh, uh, they're, they're all like like the, the Seahawks, like lime green, but those are their third jerseys. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like oh, just I know the who, basic You know who died on like the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have good jerseys. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, yeah, because they've changed it. To, I keep thinking about when they had like the two tone helmet. They keep like yeah. changing it All every like every couple of years. I feel like man. All the time. Oh yeah, yeah. but man, I, I agree with you, man. The Browns. I just I don't, I don't like the colorway, man. Yeah. I I do. I like their orange on white look. Okay. I like that one better, but the rest of them is kind of like eh, pass. I'm good on that. Especially their their color rush. Ugh. Yeah. It's like a little turd just running around. A little turd just running <laughs> yeah. around out there. Um, we got a a couple tweets here uh, about from Joseph uh, about the uh, the college football conversation uh, talking about on Wisconsin and he says I'm telling Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, and Devin Bush you think no one cares about the Big Ten? Hey, you coming Arthur Motes with that one? Not me, okay? Listen, I ain't saying nobody cares about the Big Ten. I'm saying nobody cares about Penn State. First off, then nobody cares about the rest of the Big Ten. That's all I'm saying, baby. Oh, uh, Steelers 480 says Bengals Rose uniforms eye. look like a 10-year-old designed them. That's a good one. Yeah. Bengals, Bengals, I'm not a big fan. I like the helmet. I don't like the uniforms. <sighs> Just because the helmet's unique, at least. It's its own thing. Yeah. Uh, see, for me, I'm partially biased to the Bengals uniform because they're my high school. Like, my high school okay. team, Okay. we Modeled had those uniforms. That. We had the helmets like that. Yeah, even though we were the truckers, we had their colorway. Gotcha. And we designed our stuff. Like So it was kind of like... Dang, I still kind of like that. It like gets the nostalgia to me, that's all. <laughs> Brian tweets here, uh, I was an original Dirty Dozen, West when you first started the show solo. Oh. I am pledging now to be your guy's CR on Twitter. There uh, we go, there we I go. I tweet Brian from Steelers Nation every day. I like the it. The question for today, <laughs> how much do you think Steelers fans take Mike Tomlin for granted? Oh, a lot. A lot. I mean, 13, 13 straight seasons without a losing year. We take that for granted in Pittsburgh. How many double-digit victory seasons as well ask, along with that, man? Ask Detroit Lions fans. Ask Buffalo Bills fans. Ask Jacksonville Jaguars fans. Cleveland Browns fans. Cincinnati Bengals fans. If they would sign up for that, they like, you Multiple kidding me? Super Bowl appearances, P- Prick man. my finger. I'd sign for that in blood Absolutely. if I was a fan of one of those. Uh, Mike Tomlin... Like every head coach in every single sport, certainly has things that he's done, and I'm sure that he'll do in the future that you can criticize, that you cannot agree with. That's yeah. that's fine. Even Bill Belichick does things. Remember when he benched Malcolm Butler Absolutely. and they lost the Super Bowl and he got destroyed for that? Like even every coach has things that you can criticize or you can dislike. But yes, Steelers fans do take Mike Tomlin for granted. They take the entire organization for granted because again, go to about ten other NFL franchises at least, maybe it's more. Different. And they would sign up. Forget the Super Bowls. They would just sign up for those consistent winning seasons and Absolutely. playoff opportunities. You, and playoff you know how burns. good it is to complain when you win nine games. Oh, man, we won ten games. Oh, we sucked this year. Oh, it's been two years since we've won a playoff game. Listen, when, when you yeah, wanna, talk to the Buffalo Bills, time on, time on, time on. talk to the Detroit time Lions. On, time on. When, when you when you you're a twelve win team, you're in the AFC Championship game. You lose to the eventual Super Bowl champions. They say everybody should be fired. 
Yep. Yeah. O- only, only in Pittsburgh, baby. Only in Pittsburgh, and that's a good thing because the standard, that standard is the yes, standard. Yes. But, but Mike Tomlin dude, is part of the unreal. reason why, along with, along with Cower and along with Noel and along with the Rooney family Car! and a lot of people who obviously laid the groundwork before Mike Tomlin got here. Everybody downtown. But to use a Tomlinism, he hopped on a moving train and, and he kept it rolling to the tune of thirteen straight winning seasons or and non-losing the thing, seasons. Anything that I love about Coach Tomlin, two things, man. Number one, every time he's had red paint, he's painted his barn red, yes. and he has never dealt in hypotheticals. <laughs> like I, I really appreciate him for those two things, man. He's very consistent in both of those regards. He also does not discuss carts or things of that nature. Mm. <laughs> that was my, that's still my favorite. When Backo asked him last year after the the Ravens game about the malfunctioning cart, along with the fact that you don't can't put Jello back in a box either, and man. Things Remember of that, that nature. Yeah, I, I, I just love I, it. I want like a, I want a canvas on my wall one day of just all, all, the, his, best, all, his all the best, all the best Mike Tomlin. Yes. And there's been so many good ones, honestly, that we've forgotten a bunch. Yeah. Of oh, no question, man. Uh, Oklahoma Zone says the Rams uniforms are middle schoolish. So, yeah, the, like logo, the, off, the, the logo, the logo, yes, but the off white, the off white, clean. The logo looks like the old Internet Explorer yeah. logo. I don't know what they were doing there, dude. For me, it throws me off because it looks too similar to the Chargers uh, logo as well, man. When you're looking at just the um. Their small like thumbnail when you're looking at the scores and stuff. I'm always like, yo, which team is that? Is that the Rams? Right, right. Or is that the Chargers? Right, yeah. is, is, is that who I think it yeah, is? Yeah, it does look like a Chargers like, logo it's too. It's like the little yeah, circle thing. It's like, crazy, yeah. man. It's a good call by Oklahoma's own there. All right, last one here from Glenn. Glenn uh, says, as a Yenzer living in Denver, I'm excited to potentially get some payback this weekend for the last couple of years. I still have nightmares about that Tebow game. That being said, should we be worried about the offensive line? Motsi, we got like 30 seconds here, so we're going to dive into that more on the show tomorrow. But real quick, yes, just one answer. Yes. We're going to play the, the meter game, right? Calm, concerned, worried, panicked. Where are you with the offensive line? Can I say very concerned? You can say very concerned. Very concerned as it stands on 9-16-2020 uh, uh, at 157 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. That's where I I'm am. very concerned. That's where I am right now, too, Glenn. We're concerned. We're not worried. We're not panicked, but we're very concerned. Listen. We will, we will deep dive into that more on the show tomorrow. To, to sum up my feeling, I'm that emoji that you see, the guy sitting on the table. <laughs> House is on fire. He's like, it's all fine. This is fine. This is fine. Just sit that, That's me right now. I'm just, yeah. This is fine. I'm like, this is fine. This is normal. This is normal. I'm good. We got this. Very concerned. <laughs> Help. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on Twitter. You know, we appreciate the feedback as always. Tomorrow on the show, it's our buddy Brian Backo back in the saddle on a Thursday. We'll also have a little three question Thursday, and we will talk about Glenn, as I just promised there, that offensive line. We will spend the time on that that it deserves tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. You can find us at high noon, and as always, on your 24 7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.